Hello everyone and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we're discussing great depth, all things real housewives. My name's Ellie Nunn and joining me is my co-host sporting a rather fetching latex catsuit, it's James Evans. <laughs> I'm covered in baby power from top to toe, just squeeze this on. Honestly, my idea of hell. I feel like the cat that can't get through the door. Anything where you have to talc yourself to get into the item of clothing. God, if I had a Too pound. Too much effort. There you go. Exactly. Story of my I life. feel like sausage meat going into tubing. Weren't her nipples not correct? Doesn't she have like Mikey with like the ruler trying to get the, the nipples straight? Or did I completely Mikey make needs that to up? do better, if that's true. She had those blunt bangs no, as well. He needs to step his game up. I am so excited to do this episode and to talk about Erica. But before we talk about Erica, I am even more excited. I mean, I'm honestly practically like frothing a little bit at the edges of my mouth. So earlier today, I saw on Kyle Richards' Instagram a post about the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. What is this? (laughs) Oh my God. For anyone... Ellie, I'm really happy for you. Have you... You don't need to say for anyone, because I can assure you that literally everyone who's listening to this podcast already knows about this spinoff. Have they known for ages? They have, my dear. They have. Yeah, they filmed it like at the beginning of the year. Like anyone who has an Instagram is like well aware it's been going on. They've actually filmed a second season of it as well at the Berkshires. Like I love this. It's like you've been in a coma and I'm like telling you everything that's happened. Do you know that Jen Shah's been arrested as well? I don't know if you knew about that. Okay. Only just. And Erica as well. You got sure, okay. Why? What happened with Erica? <laughs> She's in a bad way, Ellie. I am gutted to hear that. But it's because I never have any awareness of what's going on outside of the show. I don't watch, I don't read the blogs. I don't watch <laughs> any of the behind the scenes content. The other day is the first time that I found on YouTube the Real Housewives like after show thing mm-hmm. where they comment yeah. on the show. Where it's a bit like the director's commentary right. yes um, oh they should do that for the show they should do like running how good they would should. that be or they should get us on to do director's yeah. commentary they're missing a trick here i would have been in the dark james the only reason i saw this was because on my explore page on instagram explore it threw up a cheeky little video of uh of kim richards um looking awful uh talking to her fans about cameo kim richards today yeah it was like oh no kim she just particularly uh particularly strange it was just her saying that her cameo was open but she just looks really bad um did she have the thing sorry just quick side note kim richards's hair at the moment she's doing a thing where she like pulls everything back into like Mm. a tiny little like i dream of genie ponytail and i i love kim but her hair's ever so thin do you love kim well i i'm fond of her I've, i've developed a rugged affection for her over the years but it just makes her look a bit like a shrunken head when she has that and i think she needs to go back to the bouffon hairs of of yesteryear when she was an alcoholic she actually had plaits in oh, she actually, oh, okay. they were quite cute mm. but her just her something in her eyes looked scary but anyway that led me down the down the instagram rabbit hole onto kyle richards and there i was looking at a photo where i was like this can't be right because i'm seeing kyle i'm seeing luann I'm seeing Ramona, I'm seeing Teresa, I'm seeing All our Cynthia. favorites. I'm seeing see, I can't believe the is that Melissa Georgia? Is that Kenya? I mean Melissa like, Georgia. What? <laughs> Gorka. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're quickly losing our authority on Housewives here. I don't think I think we're gonna have our right to have a podcast rescinded. <laughs> this is such damning evidence. <laughs> Gorga, sweetie, Gorga. <laughs> I tried. Anyway, as you um, were, yeah. 
but yeah so what is it and uh and how can i get involved <laughs> well you want to be there again it's a bit late for that ellie but uh, we can but watch that's how we can support our girls in the best way that we know how is, is there a premise is it the... like bachelor in paradise does someone win or is it just well i think it's really it's funny because i remember seeing an interview with andy several years ago where he jokingly said and, you know, in the future, if all the ratings go down and the shows are terrible, we'll just chuck them all on a deserted island and just see what happens. And it's like, that's literally what they've done. So, like, <laughs> sign of the times. Yeah, so I think it's basically an extended advert for the agency because they're all staying in a luxury villa that I think is being listed by Mauricio's company. Oh, and when then- you said chuck them all on an island, I had visions of it being like... um like the show is it called the island that we have over here where they like put a load of people on a barren wasteland island where they have to stay alive <laughs> by just like killing baby pigs and i would watch like, that now that that's the kind of girls weekend away that i want to see luan and kyle doing. i know right <laughs> we need a producer's credit honestly i think we're the ones to get things ship shape on these shows for sure i want to see lisa rinna on a castaway island but you didn't see that video of like, there was like a viral video where all the girls were like lined up on the beach. And they James, did, like, I didn't know it was happening. Of dance. course I, I didn't. I know, I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, Ramona was trying to dance and she looked ridiculous and it just gave me no. a shot of serotonin. Ramona looked I, ridiculous? I, I yeah, God, I miss our New York girls. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be very exciting. It's all got kicking off. And then they filmed a second season and it's going to be at Dorinda's Berkshire's home. Stop. And it's basically, it's going to be like Dorinda Medley's school for wayward housewives. And it's just like all ex-housewives. So it's going to be Dorinda Medley, Jill Zarin, Taylor Armstrong, Tamra Judge, Vicky Gumbelson, <gasps> like all in one house. Phaedra Parks, like that. And it's going, to, it's going to be chaos. And I cannot oh wait. Oh my God. I... Yeah. Did you see today, Dorinda put up an Instagram. I was just all over the Housewives Instagrams today. Yeah, you. I noticed. Yeah, you're really on a Bravo binge. She put up an Instagram of her in bed taking an afternoon nap. And I literally saw it whilst in bed having my afternoon nap. <laughs> so oh. that's why Dorinda is my spirit animal. That's like real aspiration. When I know I'm going to be wealthy, when I get to a point where every day I can do Dorinda's thing of having an afternoon nap at three o'clock in the afternoon with Dr. Phil playing in the background. James, you don't have to be wealthy. You just have to be lazy. Yeah, what am I saying? I don't, I don't I work do in the day anyway. Yeah, I might. Exactly. Fuck it. I'm, I'm going to go now. What All are right, you bye. <laughs> <laughs> you can do the rest, right? Sure. Um, so, obviously, we're here to talk about Erica, but that kind of comes off the back of the final instalment of the reunion mm. airing last week. And I quickly wanted to say... Uh, how weird is it? So we recorded the Lisa Rinna episode before that had aired. Mm-hmm. And I found it really crazy that moment where Andy Cohen was really kind of holding Lisa Rinna's feet to the fire of being like, you're standing here for like unequivocally believing your friends and not talking behind people's backs. And you gave Erica a heads up that everyone had like spoken without you. But he's a bit like... Rinna. Mm-hmm. And then they do this great flashback of like all the times that Lisa Rinna spoke behind her greatest hits. And, like, so just... Perpetuated yep. literally. And then she goes through and basically says she regrets each one of them. But in exactly like we were saying, that thing of being like, I regret it. Mm-hmm. I, when she was being like, it haunts me and I have to live with that or whatever. But it means <laughs> nothing because like the, like the <laughs> Ramona apologizer thing, just to go through each one and be like, mm, yep, I regret that. And then be like, mm, 
yep, yep, I I own it. I said it. I I did it with that or whatever. It's like it means nothing. It's, it's like a Christmas carol. Like Rinna goes to bed on Christmas Eve and she's visited by the ghosts of Kim Richards and Yolanda and Denise. And they and like Denise. show her the error of her ways. And then she wakes up and she's like, I've owned it, baby. I regret everything. <laughs> that, that is the least Rinna remake I want to uh, see. Yes. Um, so I am so excited to talk about Erica and... I'd written in my notes, which are extensive this week. I'm shocked. I put where to begin, and I think there's only one place to begin, and I'm hoping you're going to agree with me. Oh, okay. Which is, James, I cannot do an impersonation of Erica. Oh my god, Ellie, Ellie, Ellie! I'm, I, I, I don't, I can't. I'm completely stumped. I'm I find, so I, glad you can't I, either, because I was like, James is going to be amazing at this, and I'm just going to have to not say anything in her voice. I mean, obviously, we are masters of our craft, and we haven't encountered a housewife's voice yet that we cannot absolutely nail. I mean, it's like eerie how similar that they are. I mean, speak for yourself, but sure, yeah. I will speak for myself. I won the Voice and Speech Award at my drama school, Ellie, <laughs> at the New York School of Performing Tricks. <laughs> <laughs> And who is everyone's number one impression? I know, I can't. Yeah, Ellie has uh, several messages I've received and I have to comb through them and (laughs) glowing reviews about Ellie's impression of Camille in particular. We had one review. She was like, "Uh, my jaw legitimately hit the floor when I heard Ellie's Camille. It's like that uncanny. And I mean, I don't disagree with her, but yeah. So the pressure's on you right now. And I can't do it. I've tried. So the only way I can kind of get into it is to go, or what? Or what? It's the only thing I can say is Erica. <laughs> well, this is the problem with Erica is that she has different voices for different occasions. And I can isolate and identify each individual mm-hmm. facet of the voice, but I can't put them all together. So there's definitely that kind of like hissing, spitting, like, or what, or what. But then she also, for me, especially in the early days, she has like a kind of... um it's a bit kind of like a schoolgirl, kind of like high and nasal, you know, where she's like, hey, Eileen, don't talk about my son. Don't do that. And then she goes into her demon voice of like, you don't know what I go through at night. <laughs> so there's like a lot going on. She's always like a bit bunged up as well. It sounds like she's got a bit of a cold. She, the nasal thing, Erica, she's, yeah, the nasal thing is so like... Oh, in her talking heads as well, she really leans into that scent, the drawl. The like blocked yeah. nose drawl of being like, look, I, I don't like, mm, and everything's kind of a bit throwaway. Like when she, she's always like, I don't give a fuck. I don't yeah, give exactly. A fuck. And like whenever she greets people, and if you notice this, rather than being like, hi, how are you? She'll like walk right up to someone, touch their cheek with hers. And like when she kisses them, she'll be like, how baby, how baby. <laughs> You know what that sounded like? Your hubby (laughs) bee. Your (laughs) hubby (laughs) bee. But yeah. She definitely has, because it's true that she she also can actually speak quite high. Compared to someone like Eileen, for instance, who generally is like in that low husky thing. Which is... It's like weird that Erica has like the nasal (laughs) thing that means she can be quite like, I don't know. Like she's... I can only sound like a muppet. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Where she's like, being rich sucks. No, being rich doesn't suck. No, she definitely doesn't think that. But she's like, (laughs) exactly where she's like, 
She's like, I got a big pussy and I'm exactly. gonna pat it and like <laughs> Exactly. Where it's like closer to Rinna. And then exactly like yeah. the she and there's also the different levels of there's like the demon voice, which is the like, or what? Or being like But then she also has the level below that, which is when she went into kind of Margaret Thatcher, which we oh my saw God, I love your impression a lot this week. Uh, this week, this season, <laughs> where she's like, There's a time. Place. <laughs> and everything goes into this weird like it's not okay sometimes sometimes <laughs> it's not okay and like we kind of heard in the bathroom noises i know it's terrible because she was obviously in enormous pain but yeah we heard whole new um whole, <laughs> whole new there was also that there was a talking head she did this season about like sometimes like you just want <laughs> some physical touch or whatever and I was just like fucking hell we're like at whole new levels oh. of like performance at this exactly you just I know. you're like I've a world away from being it's like so calm <laughs> being poor sucks being rich is fucking great yeah it, yeah it's crazy the the range that she has also in her accent as well we were saying before we started recording the episode that you often find yourself drifting towards a kind of like New Yorky accent with her. Yeah. Because she does have that vibe of like a gangster's mole. And she's like, honey, let me tell you a little something about me. And then that was I, actually very good, like, James. That was. Thank you. Thank, all right. You okay, just great. really well, nailed put it. Put a then. pin in that one. Honey. Yeah, do that. Honey. Honey. But then she also has like a bit of a Southern thing as well. And when she's with Sutton, she's like, that's a Southern mom right there. Yeah, she's like, you are a true Southern mom. Yeah, yeah. Southern to the core. That's one of my favorite things about how beautiful the, it's it's similar to a kind of, um, please don't make it be about Tom. It's about Tom. Uh, (laughs) The, or what? Or what? When Sutton goes, or nothing. Nothing. It's so beautiful. It is. No, it's it's one thing to see it on the page. It reads like a haiku, but yeah. then just to hear it, there's a lyricism to it that gets lost in Nothing. in writing. Yeah. I love Sutton's reunion look, by the way. Oh, yeah, she looked lovely. Anyway, we'll get on to, to the reunion. So should we talk about Erica's introduction onto the show? Because it's funny now, when you say we're going to talk about Erica Jane, my brain is so flooded with like, I'm I'm in such kind of overwhelm from this most recent series and there's so much to talk about but actually Erica when she came on to the show it's like a very different beast it's very and it's it's actually really Mm -hmm. weird to go back and watch I think you'll agree her surprisingly low-key introduction to the show well when she's just sort of like Yolanda's friend coming to her house and she's just bedridden and she's like hey Yolanda how's how's it going and like they go off to the to get the like vitamin c yeah boost and it's just like Erica being quite scared of needles and like very low-key and at that point in the episode it's not like they do one of those classic real housewives drops of being like and this is our new housewife and here's all of our footage about her and here's her like walking down the street and and here's her performing and here's her mm-hmm. music video and stuff which you would think they would do at that point it's quite like a slow melt into the show especially given that i if i remember correctly she isn't introduced in the very first episode of the season Mm-mm. she's like the third episode in. i found it really hard to find it yes but she's still in the intro of the first two episodes and so we see her and like we hear her tagline about being like an enigma wrapped in a riddle and cash that and... is a terrible tagline by the way <laughs> it it's so, what does it mean? it mean i don't know it's literally is she being i 
like us being like, I'm a haiku dipped in chocolate, but also I like cake. And cash. And cash. I'm assuming she's just being very irreverent. There's something about it that, I, I mean, I kind of like i guess but it's just interesting that we see that build up and when it's like oh i can't wait to meet this erica jane and then as you say we suddenly see her just very low-key as yolanda's carer well, because yolanda's so low-key that season as well the fact that she's yolanda's friend mm-hmm. immediately puts her in a quite a kind of down-to-earth category i don't know it's just not what i think you would expect looking now at where we're at to be her introduction mm-hmm. to the show Considering how much she sort of did change the game, as we sort of hinted at last week with Rinna, I think the two of them kind of gave the show a real shot in the arm. And I think visually there was that change that we saw in everyone's dress and style. But also I think audibly in the music, I don't know if you ever noticed, when Erica joined the show, there was like a slow imperceptible shift from the music, the incidental music of yesteryear. And it's a genre that I like to call the Lisa Vanderpump music, where it's like all upbeat (laughs) strict. Exactly. (laughs) it's like how you know the sims music yeah your core like so just for anyone listening that used to play the sims until like 3 a.m with their laptop really hot on their lap and you'd be sat with that like (laughs) 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 just like or the one where it was like dun 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 just like in build mode all night. And I have the same with the Beverly Hills uh like intermittent music. Yeah, it has like a real soft spot for me. And I think there's um I actually think like if someone has hypnotized me in the past and I don't know about it, but like it's like if you hear some music, then suddenly there's gonna be like a switch in your brain and you're gonna kill. I think it, for me, it would be the Lisa Vanderpump music. Suddenly, like, my <laughs> eyes will glaze over and it's like, must kill. There's the there's the strings one we were talking about and there's the one that's always when they're in Villa Rosa where it's like lots of kind of almost wind chimes. Yes. Yes. And what I love about the music is that it's so incredibly upbeat and then it's juxtaposed with the very harrowing drama that's played out so for those first few seasons it was like a scene of taylor and russell and then it's like kim's an alcoholic camille's getting a divorce and i god i miss those days and then suddenly we get a shift from that to like the Erica Jane music, which is all very like, playing with my pussy and I'm eating diamonds for breakfast. Something, something, pat the person, something, something fabulous. It's expensive to be me. Uh, yeah, it's all very like. And it's like a Ferrari driving down the highway and like doing a turn and feeling her oats in the mirror. There's just something very one note about the Erica Jane music. And the word I keep coming back to is garish. I know we said that with Rinna, but it's just very expensive. But it's true. It's like the show went from like pastels or like primary colours to like neons. Everything was like, I'm wearing bright yellow or like I'm wearing fluorescent (laughs) pink. Yeah. A lot of like latex entered the show. Yes. That kind of sums up Erica. It's kind of quite fitting because. It's latex. It's very fitting. It's <laughs> very appropriate. Yeah. You're right. Is that Erica's kind of like all style and very little substance, at least in those first few years. And Erica, I find quite triggering just in like 
a very personal way because she's a bit like that meme. You know of the woman who's like drinking that drink and she's like, mm, no, oh, no, no. It's like yeah. that thing where it always feels like whenever I meet someone at a party and they mention that they like the Real Housewives too, I get really excited and I ask who their favorite housewives is and it all, and I ask who their favorite... And I ask you their favorite housewife is, and it almost always used to be, pre the Tom days, it would be, oh, well, I love that Erica Jane. Like, she's so cool, and I love her clothes, and she just doesn't give a fuck. And it's always such a letdown when people say that, because it tells me, it's like a cock tease, pardon the, the vulgarity, but it just immediately tells me that they're a casual viewer with no taste. No offense to anyone. Yeah, it's a bit like the family member that's like, what about... EastEnders, like, could you get seen for that? Yeah. Like, it's like, you, you, you don't know. You, you, it's you like, don't. oh, cool. We, we yeah. can't have, like, an actual conversation. And it's like, it's my bad like because it. you are just, like, a casual viewer of these shows as one is meant to be a casual viewer, and I'm the insane one, but it just means that I have to suppress my housewives mania for yet another day, and I have to keep it light and surface level and save all the talk about Carlton putting a hex on Carl's computer for this podcast. Exactly. And it, what bothers me is that with a casual viewer, I completely see how they're taken in by Erica's charms and that they're buying what she's selling. Because if you're not putting in the effort and watching the show with a scholar's eye and you're not reading between the lines, you kind of accept those very brash proclamations that she gives about like not giving a fuck and how she's fabulous. And Yeah, she was there there for kind of shock value statements. And I think a small example that I think sums that up if I may mention this briefly, is you may. this sort of strange relationship she has with homosexuality and the culture of it. I find that Erica is a facsimile of a gay icon. Like Judy Garland is a gay icon. Kim Richards is a gay icon. Erica is a bit of a pretender in that she has all the trappings of camp, but absolutely none of the personality to back it up. And it's like, if you're going to dress like a blow up sex doll and like cover yourself in latex and surround yourself with a menagerie of gays, that's great. Good for you. I applaud you for it. I think it's great, but you have to follow through and develop a sense of humor. And Erica is unable to pick up on even basic lowball jokes. Like, do you remember that time at the reunion when Andy was like, so Erica, now that Teddy's on the show, are we going to see a collaboration between you and her dad? And she's just sat there with a face like a slapped ass being like, what? No. Like, yeah. he's in the Rock and Roll Music Hall of Fame. Like, no, I'm not going to. It just sometimes feels like without Mikey and her whole crew around her being like, yeah, sure. Erica, work badge, pat the purse. It just kind of highlights how incredibly dour Erica can be. Sure, but that surely is what comes from like creating a persona. It's like she created an alter ego. She made up a character and the character has no yeah. sense of humor, particularly because it's not real. I'm totally with you. To be honest, I'm not sure that I'd have been bothered about doing an episode about Erica if it wasn't for this most recent season. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm happy to talk about old Erica, but she, it just... I will. I liked her, and I like... I When I say I love her look, it's not so much like her style, but is it weird to say I really loved Erica's relationship with food compared to the other women, and she came at a time where I felt like she just looked really healthy, mm-hmm. and she had the best surgery of any of them at the time, so she also looked... <laughs> really good and there's just this shot of her getting into a cat suit 
that I really love because she has what I consider to be I mean don't get me wrong she has still like an a, a very like narrow idea a beauty standard idealized view of like hot her body but compared to the other women I remember being like I think Erica's so hot yeah and I found her fairly like but for someone who's like on the show to be so shocking I actually found Erica quite bland Yes. Um, but then the more and more that these like classic Erica, like naught to a hundred moments happened, the more that that all kind of fed into what has developed into a, a borderline kind of murderous persona. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she, like you were saying, that kind of um, New York gangster mole on the stand kind of villain origin film. Yeah persona that's become whereas before it's like she she didn't have that much of a sense of humor i thought she's good showmanship um i think like lisa vanderpump she has an interesting aloofness that made her quite appealing because unlike people like lisa rinner or dorit who just give off this slightly manic desperation to kind of be interesting uh erica and lisa vanderpump were much more on the back foot in a way that i think is quite dry and quite deadpan and i really enjoyed that yeah i think what i appreciate about erica is that she can be very perceptive and surprisingly savvy in a way that is the right side of cold-blooded and i don't think she is particularly Mm -hmm. cutthroat but she certainly has the skill set for megalomania and can play the game with someone who does have that disposition but she kind of like harnesses that power for good. A lot of the first season, it feels like she's sort of doing pro bono work on behalf of Yolanda because she's just bedridden. And I think a lot of that is what you were saying is she doesn't have a desperation, surprisingly so. And Beverly Hills, I think, is kind of a city that most resembles a New York mafia film. I even include New Jersey in that because there's often such an emphasis on like this ruthless scheming for power and political dominance. And with almost every season, there's some shift in the in the dominance that leaves a bit of a power gap. And there's something to be said, I will give her this, for the fact that Erica just doesn't seem that bothered about being the one to fill it in and being the quote-unquote queen of the group. She And in a way where she's neither an alpha nor a beta. I kind of get the impression sure. that Erica's ambition, the scope of her ambition, was just marrying a rich man. And she achieved that years ago. And she doesn't really feel the need to exert her own power just for the sake of it. She's Yeah. No, I agree. One thing that I will say about this Erica Jane versus Girardi thing, I find it troublesome for a few reasons. And one of them is that I resent her for having an alter ego on the show because it's a luxury that no one else gets to have, either on the show or in life. And it prevents her from being accountable to herself. And I think it excuses her from a lot of hypocrisy. So like we were just saying now, she's, I mean, she's virtually made, I don't give a fuck, her catchphrase, but not only does she patently give a fuck, but she's demonstrably one of the thinnest skinned housewives of the bunch. And it's like become a yearly tradition now where Erica will just turn into a demon and bite someone's head off, usually over something completely harmless. And it's like an unintended slight. And she's also really keen to sort of have us believe that she's a woman of the people and she's been around the block a few times and honey, these prim Beverly Hills women just can't handle her realness. But the whole thing just kind of rings as very hollow. I actually find Erica to be Mm. one of the most conservative of the women with this strange pastiche that she has going on at home where she sort of plays Susie Homemaker 
to her husband yeah. and she calls him Mr. Girardi and asks for his permission to do anything. It's a very strange pre-1950s take on gender that doesn't really seem to be done with her tongue in cheek. For sure. And we've just found out all of this season, this thing that she had like no control of any of her money and she gave every single check to Tom and like had no idea what was happening with their finances or like what they owned or whatever in a way where, like you say, it's completely at odds with her sort of forward thinking like woman of the people like modern day feminism it's very strange yeah um yeah i I so agree with everything you just said if we take the cunty necklace for example she wears it for shock value but she carries it off with this sort of shrug of like well it's just a word get over it ladies but you know she wouldn't dare use she wouldn't wear that necklace at her law firm's christmas party and she doesn't live by that mantra in day-to-day life it's just a prop that she whips out in a very controlled Mm -hmm. setting under a very specific set of circumstances when it's safe and convenient for her and then she stashes it away when she has to go home and play wife and it's fine if you do want to play that double life but just acknowledge it as a double life because you feel maybe unstimulated or dissatisfied at home and you need that creative outlet yeah but it's an expensive hobby and she sells it as if it's some really cool aspirational thing and it's frustrating to sort of see all the women fall under her spell and lap it up yeah and just on a basic level I think there's something incredibly telling about the fact that I think you and I and I dare say most housewives fans would refer to her as Erica Jane instead of her real name Erica Girardi and I think that that's also become really problematic with the current situation uh not to get into it now but with this thing about her Instagram and stuff is that she is now feels obligated to keep up the alter ego and the persona, like to keep it alive. But the alter ego is completely at odds with her current situation in terms of everything about Erica Jane is about, like we were saying, a kind of like, I don't give a fuck, capitalism's great. Like, look how much money I have. Look, this kind of hyper-sexualized. And it's very easy for her to never have to take accountability for it by being like, it's a persona, it's a jo- like, it's kitsch, it's camp, it's a joke or whatever. But she's now claiming to have to keep it up for her bills. But it's very tasteless to be continuing to perpetuate this character yeah. when you are caught up in something that has fucked over and seriously damaged a lot of people at the bottom of the food chain. No, it's it's fascinating to see this kind of identity crisis that I guess she's having to reckon with, or maybe she's in denial about it now, where she's taken this carefully curated avatar that was once just on stage, a very controlled setting, as Alison Dubois would say, um, (laughs) and then... On the show, another like very controlled setting, even though it's all about being real, but I think we can all agree, you know, maybe that premise has been abandoned long Mm -hmm. ago. Then to see that at such odds with a very real world setting with huge ramifications and to find out that it's built on a lie and extremely precarious ground and that's all just crumbling around her is is just fascinating should we before because it's i'm i'm getting really tempted to talk a lot about like the current situation and i want to save that should we talk about a couple of the times this naught to 100 demon erica that comes out i just want to cover a few of the instances because they are fascinating i don't think any housewife has you know, you have your Vicky Gumbelsons and your Teresa Judices of like having like a very loud reaction or flipping a table or whatever. But with Erica, it's interesting. It's like a, it's like a snake. It's, it's like a sudden like 
outfit. Yeah. Where, like, she... It's like a sort of silent assassin thing. Don't even she, do that. Don't like even say, say that, I, that I'm a liar, because I am exactly. not a liar. If you do that again, I will kill you. Like, yeah. she goes... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she goes from... You know those snakes that move really fast? And did you ever see the... On the David Attenborough show, the snake... <laughs> The snakes that go really fast that were chasing the lizard. It was one of the most <laughs> exciting things I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, it was one of the, it was, it, it was more exciting than any like high speed car chase. It was, I can't explain how fast these snakes moved. Okay. Like, you, didn't, you wouldn't think snakes could move that fast. And I feel, and, and really like suddenly and quickly. And I feel like Erica's like that, but on the whole, everything's very laissez-faire and like, do I look like I give a fuck? And like with the sunglasses and stuff. But the way that she suddenly, like your very good impression just then did, of not only comes down so hard, but it's like she then can't hear. So no matter how much the person, like a perfect example is when Teddy says about, you're over here pretending to have full amnesia. And Erica's like, don't ever do that. Don't ever say that I'm a liar. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't say that. Whatever. And Teddy immediately is like, I'm sorry. She immediately apologizes. But Erica just can't hear. It's just like, you don't do that. You don't call me a liar. Don't ever call me because I will come for you. I will come or whatever. And you can just, and then what's funny is that she'll bring it up again and again of being like how angry she was about it. But it's honestly like she can hear a phrase or something. It's like she's triggered by it where I almost think Erica on a level with Lisa Vanderpump for sure is the worst housewife they've ever had on the show for accountability. Because, well, I have a theory, which is that Erica is very good at owning stuff or being accountable if it's on her terms and if it's something she decides Mm -hmm. was shitty. So she's very quick to kind of be like, and I'm sorry, by the way, I'm sorry that I bit your head off or whatever, like, I'm sorry that, or whatever. But if she decides that she doesn't need to apologise, there really is a stubbornness that... So it's like the Teddy Amnesia thing or the um, Eileen in Hong Kong. That was a real moment where once she decided she was angry about this, she went so far away from what Eileen originally said Yeah. to the point where she was acting as if Eileen had actually made it personal to like her son... She was saying it as if Eileen had brought... It was really weird watching back that bit. And I sometimes think that Erica goes naught to 100 when she's backed into a corner. Yeah. And picks a thing someone says to make it like, I'm shutting down this conversation because don't ever say that. Don't ever say that to me. When the thing actually wasn't that big a deal. So it's the way that the Eileen thing comes out of Eileen's trying to get erica to move on about dorit it feels like erica gets put in a place where she doesn't want to move on from the dorit thing right now and rather than being like look i'm not ready to be over it she picks up on that it's not like she killed your kid thing and it becomes it's almost like when a kid gets really upset about something but it's about something else but they're like screaming, crying because they tripped over or whatever. And you know it's about the other thing. Yeah. But they make it about falling over. It's like she got so upset over that Eileen thing. And I feel like that was slightly a convenient distraction from the Dorit situation. Yeah. I mean, I dare say that, you know, Erica said that she had a very tough upbringing and her mother was very hard on her. She said, you know, when she was performing as a little girl, that she like almost makes it seem like her mother was like Joan Crawford or something. I'd be like, do it again. Better, better. Like, do you think 
trophies and awards. You're going to pay your bills. No, get money. And like her dad kind of wasn't really around. And I hazard to guess that maybe she's got a few parental issues. And she does kind of strike me as a bit of an amorphous blob of like neuroses that she's tried to get some form out of by squeezing herself into latex bodysuits and I think as a result she has a really hard time regulating her emotions and she too often alternates between being in like a fugue state where she just sits there like eyes glazed over just looking straight ahead it's almost like she's a robot and she's like charging or something to then snapping and just like everything coming out in one go. Yeah. The parental thing is really interesting because she said obviously on the show that she was like, no, I didn't marry Tom Girardi because I have daddy issues. No, I don't see him as a father figure or whatever. And I'm sorry, but I don't think you could watch her sitting opposite him crying when he said, I'm proud of you. That's my example. Like, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. It's a and shocking reaction. Have parental, like you have parental, like of that's course, not the act, the reaction of a, a well-adjusted person. Well, exactly, and her whole thing is very like, no, I'm not as obvious as that. But it's like, no, but you are human. Yeah, it's so true that kind of fembot thing that she goes from from very still and kind of very glazed, and then effectively often just has a, like a full-blown tantrum. I we've talked about it before, but I have to. I really want to talk again about this Lisa Vanderpump condolence card thing. Because I watched it again and I was like, it just makes me so mad. It's one of the most I've disliked Erica in her whole time on the show. Because first of all, we're just so far away from a human reaction to the second that any... We're on a whole season now of Erica being like, where's all of your fucking empathy? I'm having a difficult time. Yeah. How you could sit across from someone whose brother just killed themselves and anything they say not be like... I'm really sorry. Even if you think you were right to be like, handle with care. I also had forgotten until I watched it back that Lisa Vanderpump like gets emotional bringing it, like talking about it. So it's not like she's in kind of dry mode or like being aloof. No, yeah. It's not like Like, a a pre-calculated thing of Erica. I have... I have a bone to pick with you. I think she's like, and it's like one of the, the softer moments we've ever seen of Lisa. And all she says is like, I do, I wish you'd called me. And I just don't know where Erica got off or how she could like keep a straight face being like, no, I'm sorry, a condolence card was the best way forward. And I'm sticking by that. And the fact that we see the card and it is like the, not even coldest, just like, it literally is like yours sincerely. Like it's not something like, a friend. Dear Lisa, your brother's dead. That sucks. Love Erica. Like, it's like oh God, <laughs> it's, Jesus. But it's literally this card that's like, you know, we're very sorry for your like difficult time and hope that you are somehow getting through. It's very general. Sincerely. Yeah. Yeah. Erica, like it feels like, like it might as well have just been a stamp. The flowers. <laughs> Exactly. Like how you could turn that into, and then it ends up weirdly turning into kind of Lisa sort of asking for them to move on. And when Erica pushes that pudding away, I'm like, you are a child who cannot deal with being called out on something. Yeah. In that it's so, that's the most actually, I think she, exactly what you're saying about her. It's like a stunted growth thing. Mm. And also with that thin skin thing of like, you have an entire persona based on being fierce and a grieving woman's coming to you to say like, I wish you'd reached out to me and you're throwing a tantrum because you're like, no, my condolence card was good enough. Mm. And I hate because Lisa Ritter in that moment is like, it's a very weird thing to like 
complain about someone's condolence card and I'm like fuck off Lisa Rinna no this is I don't get why none of the women say to Erica when Erica produces when she takes a photo of the condolence card being like because I knew this would happen and she has it like it's a smoking gun that to me is a really weird thing to do to write a condolence card for someone who's grieving think oh they're gonna think this isn't genuine enough so I'm gonna take a photo to like so weird it's so bizarre that no one really calls her out so bizarre and it's not the actions of a woman who doesn't give a fuck like it's a bit like Lisa in that sense that we were saying with Eileen like sometimes I think Erica could benefit from just rolling her eyes maybe in private and going okay fine I'll just say sorry if that just like smooths everything over and we don't get that enough. And I think that that's where, like, this season's been a real problem for Erica because so many of her contradictions have been, like, dragged kicking and screaming into the light. Mm-hmm. Because what we have in this most recent series is an entire season of Erica effectively saying, you should have come to me. You all should have come to me. You all should have asked me. You all should have asked questions. And then any time anyone speaks to her or asks a question or gets involved, being so snapped at, like hands bitten like why on earth would she loses any any sense of like normality i i mean and i know you know it's a stressful time but it's like such a that reunion was just like full again and again and again of these contradictions that i found so frustrating can we talk about sex (laughs) Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> James, we can always talk about sex. What's your <laughs> Thank question? You. Are you okay? Well, I have a little problem. Um, it's a personal problem that I have. Maybe I should see a doctor about it. Oh, God. No, no it's, it's, it's not the forum here. I'll, I'll just talk about Erica and sex. You can show me later. Okay. Thank you. There's a couple of points about Erica and sex that I want to make. The first mm-hmm. is kind of like a bit of a non-point, I guess. We love non-points here. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we're all about. <laughs> If you want a point, you've got the wrong podcast. I Obviously, sex and sexuality is a big part of Erica, the Erica Jane persona. But for someone who wears mm. her sexuality so openly and proudly and channels it so strongly into her brand, I find her to be shockingly lacking in sexuality and like what I call nakedity. Have I ever told you about nakedity before? You have. <laughs> and once you tell someone about nakedity, you can't stop thinking about nakedity. It's great. We talked it's about such a good this shorthand. last time I was in New York. Do I have nakedity? <laughs> um, honestly, no. But neither yeah. do I. I don't think I have nakedity either. So anyone who doesn't know... So explain know... what nakedity yeah. is. Nakedity for me is when you see someone and you can easily imagine them naked and having sex. It's that base and simple and there's nothing more to it. It's just pure gut instincts and your first thought is the correct thought. And it's nothing to do with someone's attractiveness. It's nothing to do with that. I mean, there's people who I know who I don't think have nakedity and I've seen them naked. They just fundamentally like... A perfect example is someone like Tinsley Mortimer. Tinsley Mortimer has zero nakedity. She's a beautiful woman. She's a delightful person. I'm sure she's amazing in bed, but she just doesn't have that. And it's not like a comment. Okay, on can you quickly can you can you go through the Real Housewives of New York and Okay, uh, so you need to say I'll, a name. I'll say them and yep. you'll see whether they have nakedity or not. Okay. Yep. So Ramona. Yes. Luann. Yes. Big time. Beth Bethany. No. Dorinda. No. Carol. Yes. Jules. Yes. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I sometimes it doesn't make sense. I see, I wouldn't have thought Carol would, and I wouldn't have thought Jules did. Yeah, I, I was surprised I was with say, what I said. Do you think it also depends on your relationship with the person? So, for instance, do we not have nakedity to each other because we're very close in a way that, like, you don't tend to think about your... But then I suppose I have friends where I would think about... I mean, I wouldn't necessarily think about them like that, but, like, I don't know. I have some friends where I never think about them naked or having sex, and I have some friends where I'm very aware that they like are naked and have sex in their day so i don't know no it's, it's a fun yeah it is interesting because it's not even like imagining them naked in like a really like shameful dirty way it's just you can why don't you think them. about me naked in a shameful dirty way <laughs> i've tried ali i've tried god i've tried <laughs> <laughs> so erica you think doesn't have i think she is she is so lacking in nakedity it's strikingly so which makes me wonder whether she knows that deep down and that this is like reclaiming her sexuality in some way the whole the 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 way in which she uses sexuality i find to be again on a surface level you think it's like shocking and provocative and she's been around the block a few times but i actually find it to be to ring extremely hollow and a second point i want to make about sex and erica is Comparing Erica to someone like Brandy and how both of them have been treated by the group with regard to sexuality, I think in many ways Brandy was ahead of her time and sort of paved the way for Erica and this brazen embrace of sex. Because Brandy, as we've previously explored, she gets shat on again and again by the other women for talking about big dicks and how she calls herself a slur, especially at that that game night episode. Contrast that to Erica, where her sexuality might not have been welcomed with open arms at the very beginning, but there was at least a sense that the women either think it's fabulous and it's great, or like, good for her. I don't get it, but at least it doesn't come with any kind of moral condemnation in the way that Brandy received. Time had definitely moved on. Yeah. And they definitely were aware in the same way that I think if they had, you know, another Taylor Armstrong on the show, they'd all react very differently to how they did with Taylor. Like, they all were very aware that they needed to support it, or they were kind of bad feminists. I think that's completely true. And I think Erica benefited from that. But the cynic in me wants to say that because Brandy was poor and Erica was rich... Mm. and Erica wore her sexuality with a lot of money and a lot of privilege, it was translated in a way that was very palatable to her castmates. Mm. Like, I genuinely think... Even, like, the season before, like, Brandy and Erica weren't that far apart in the timeline of Beverly Hills. If Brandy walked around in season five with a cunty necklace that cost $5 and she got it from Venice Beach, the women would have been like, typical Brandy, keeping it classy as always. But if Erica wears one, and it still looks like it could have come from Venice Beach, the assumption, because there's an assumption that it looks like it would have cost $1,000, suddenly they love it, or they at least, they legitimize it by talking about it as like a form of artistic expression on Erica's part, and I might not get it, but you know, to each their own, and it comes across as this very enlightened, sex-positive, feminist way of thinking, which is great, like I do not disagree, I'm all for that, but Erica is essentially brandy, but 10 times more expensive. And because of that, it's somehow mm. more acceptable. And I, one thing I will say, and you might disagree with me on this, and I may be looking into it too much, but with things like the latex bondage gear and all this, the getup that she wears in Berlin, 
when she dresses up like this sort of German dominatrix or whatever, it's like a very sanitized form of a real sexuality that is a real thing for a lot of people. And it feels a bit like she's appropriating the look of like sex workers Mm. and people who are part of that world because it's their livelihood and they might not have another choice. And she's making a costume out of it and profiting off of it. God, that's so true. And it all just feels slightly problematic in some way. And especially mm. because she makes out that she's down with people like that. And these other Beverly Hills women yeah. like, need to take the stick out of their ass and spend some time in the real world. But she's just like those Beverly Hills women. Like, okay, fine. She was a cocktail waitress once upon a time. And she lived in New York in the 80s or whatever. But yeah. Erica doesn't get happy endings. Erica doesn't have sex workers over for Thanksgiving. Erica doesn't go with Tom to a strip club and get a steak. And I think just a small point, when Denise arrives and is authentically and sort of effortlessly that person, I think it kind of throws Erica and highlights the artifice mm. of everything she's built her brand around. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's that's so true. Hey, maybe that's why she nearly gets hit by the bike in Berlin. Maybe it's an angry sex worker who's <laughs> going to stop appropriating her look. Stop taking my look! Uh- <laughs> I love that moment though. It's just like that little like sound effect as she glances directly into the camera and carries on. It's very good. Um, I, that's so true. I have one last point about sex. Please hit me. I'm very aware that I may be getting out of my lane here as a man. And I want to make sure I'm not coming across like I'm policing how sexualized she should be. And I wholeheartedly applaud her for that. But I have an issue with the way in which she, she yields sex as a shield to protect herself from bad behavior and having to answer difficult questions that get to the core of who she is. Because she's built Erica where sexuality is so inherent, any questioning or judgment on Erica Jane just as a person often can come across looking like an attack on a woman who is owning her sexuality and therefore being a bit Mm -hmm. slut-shamey. It bothers me that we have to all pretend that Erica's this serious musician and we have to co-sign this idea. It's like very saccharine thing of like, if you work hard and keep dreaming, you too can achieve your dreams at the age of 40 whilst completely ignoring a fact it's essentially just an expensive hobby that's being bankrolled by her Mm -hmm. husband like erica cannot sing i feel like we've all pretended that's not a thing she's always lip-syncing the only time we've seen her sing live is when she's doing her her roxy rehearsal her roxy yeah Yeah, and she's like standing by a piano being like it's like and for some reason she doesn't get the same shit as luann or like melissa gorga or kim zolciak Presumably because she wears her delusion with complete seriousness. At least the other ones sure, kind she... of are laughing at themselves in a way and they keep Luanne the doesn't laugh for herself enough. <laughs> uh, maybe it's Erica's a very good showman. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'd argue the opposite that like, ah, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to get back into Luanne, but there just is a difference. <laughs> like, Luanne as a performance, what I find odd is like, Luann, even that video you sent me of her singing like, what I really want for Christmas, or whatever it's called. Um, what like she can't I even want for li- Christmas for you? <laughs> she can't even like lip sync in time to her own fucking TikTok. Whereas like Erica at least is a very good performer. Like she, say what you like about Pat the Puss, but like she's, she is great at it. Mm-hmm. And... I was quite surprised at the Roxy rehearsals. I was like, I didn't realise that Erica wasn't as good as a, a singer as I thought. 
Because I have to say, when I saw that she was cast as Roxy in Chicago, I actually thought it was very good casting. Yeah. Still sad that the world will never see Luann's. <laughs> well, how come I've been cast in Chicago and I'm going to be fabulous? <laughs> so take um, that and put it in your cookie jar. <laughs> um, uh. But I do agree with you what you were saying about Erica. And I do think that the persona made it quite impenetrable. And I think it's it's not just... And it's it's like the her singing career, which is fine. But as we said, it's not just on the stage. It's on the show. Like, she's Erica Jane most of the time on mm. the show. So it also just extends to criticism of her as a person in a way. And it means, again, we have to sort of bite our tongue, at least until recently, with her marriage and pretend that her marriage isn't fundamentally odd. Mm. And we have to we have to ignore the. I'm not even talking about the like the age difference or anything. I'm talking about the fact that he treated her like shit, and she's really servile to him. And he mm. like talks to her like she's a little girl. And we all have to be like, oh well, you know, to each their own, and love takes any forms. And and it just suddenly yeah. feels like now she, this, av- when she she avoided a lot of flack and a lot of crap on the show. And it does feel like this season she's suddenly being made to answer, and she's deeply uncomfortable being like held to to be honest the standard the rest of them have been held to every season yeah which is to have to answer uh uncomfortable questions and and it's like but why were people not asking that in the first it just feels like there was suddenly like a collective yeah, sigh absolutely. of relief where everyone could be like yeah it was a really weird marriage and i always thought that and it's like why didn't you say yeah. that before that's your job james you know what i think we're gonna have to do a part two i think so wait how long have we been recording we have for s- oh shit yeah for like an hour Ooh, time and flew by we have so much to talk about Tom and this season and um, I have so many notes about the reunion so we're just going to have to do another one but uh, James I've got some I've got some quite exciting news yeah hit me with it how would you feel (laughs) if I told you that I was coming to New York in just over a week I, I wouldn't feel great about it truth be told Okay. I've got things to do. Make sure you're busy then. All right, all right. I'll clear up my... Uh, A week, a whole week. You have a week to come up with other stuff. (sighs) Shit. No, I... Seriously, though, you're coming to New York. I'm I'm coming to New York. I'm excited and... I'm coming to New York in just over a week and I cannot (laughs) wait. And James, do you know what it's going to be? What is it going to (laughs) be? It's going to be the ultimate girls trip. (laughs) Woo! It's going to be rucked, or however it's hashtagged. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. And so James and I hopefully are going to do something together. We're going to do some sightseeing. It's going to be like a Sex in the City tour, but for New York Housewives, we're going to go to the Regency. We're going to get one drink and then leave because it's so expensive. We're going mean, to... We're saying this like we've never spent time in New York together before, but we've never spent time where we have, you know, a baying audience desperate to see content from us together in the Big Apple. So... Yeah, we can Instagram. You'll see our faces. Flooding the Instagram. It's not going to be worth it. <laughs> and everyone's going to be like, oh God. We have no nakedity. Exactly. No nakedity. You look awful. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. Make sure to click subscribe. Click it. So you'll click never it. miss a show. While you're at it, we would really appreciate a rating. Or if you'd simply tell your friends about the show, that would help us out too. Thanks for joining. And we'll see you next time. Bye, baby. Only in Beverly Hills is everyone so precious. <laughs> or what? <laughs> Or what? Or nothing.